beautiful humans. Welcome to the Human Beauty Movement podcast. My name is Jennifer Norman, founder of the Human Beauty Movement and your host. I created this podcast to have open conversations about all aspects of the human experience. When we're curious, kind, and courageous, we evolve powerfully as individuals and thrive as a human race. Take a moment now to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. I'm so glad that you're joining me for today's show. In the quest for discovering the nature of inner beauty, I found so much wisdom in ancient spiritual philosophies. I've come to find liberation in understanding that there are a myriad of interpretations for the same questions we have about ourselves and the deeper world that we live in. We all know that everything in the universe is made of energy, so why not harness it? balance it and make it work for you. My guest today is a truly lovely human who has studied the art of energy empowerment. Lata J is a spiritual manifestation coach. She blends modern knowledge with traditional wisdom, working with various healing modalities to help people shift perceptions, manifest what they want, and live happier lives. Welcome to the show, Lata. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here with you. It's a delight, and I understand you're in the Poconos. How wonderful. (laughs) So we're doing the cross-country thing. Now, I find that it's always helpful to start from the beginning. So please tell everybody how you came to be the spiritual manifestation coach that you are today. Sure, I'd love to share that, Jennifer. So I actually grew up in a very traditional Indian household in New York, and I was mainly raised by my grandmother, who was a wise woman from India. And we learned all these traditions about Ayurvedic eating and how your energy works and yoga and literally meditation, like all the things that are very popular now. This is what I grew up with. This was our culture, our lifestyle, and it was common everyday kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And of course, during my childhood, I rebelled against everything. And I was like, I just want to I want to eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich like all the other kids. I want to just drink soda and do this and go here. And I don't want to meditate. I don't want to do yoga and all this stuff like any child. Right. Yeah. And it wasn't until I was older and in my 20s that I was coming back to the culture and mm-hmm. understanding the alignment there and how energy works and how I felt so much better in that space. I actually went to medical school, so I always deeply knew that I wanted to help people. Mm-hmm. When I told my parents this, they said, great, become a doctor. <laughs> it's like the traditional Asian Indian thing. Yeah. It's like you would be a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer. So when I <laughs> Either be one or marry one. <laughs> that's exactly what it was, yeah. And they were like, perfect, become a doctor. And I was like, okay. So I went to medical school. And I was like, sure, this is kind of the route. But about three years in, I was like, this is not for me, that there's such a misalignment there. Mm -hmm. Ended up jumping out of medical school and then really returning back to my roots and trying to figure out what's my purpose, big journey of who am I? Went through the dark night of the soul, did a lot of different things, and then kind of came out of it finding my voice, some footing to some extent, and understanding that the culture that I was raised in and the traditions that I knew and loved was like coming home. And that's exactly what I wanted to do. And I wanted to help support people in their own journey of understanding themselves and really accept into manifestation because that was something that was so common in my life. And I remember even as a child, like I was in the first grade and I was talking to one of my friends about manifesting and she's just, what are you talking about? I go, what? First grade. 
yeah yeah yeah. like the way i can explain it was it's when you think with your heart and step happens right as a child this is like the language that i would use it was you think with your heart and then it comes true what are you talking about and she's like you're weird (laughs) this is not what i know kind of thing and so i kind of like had shut down about my culture my understanding of energy and things like that until i was much older and i actually had read the secret at that point i was like wait other people know about it too it's not just me it's not just me and my word grandma like other people know about this So then I was like, wow, I can teach people about this. And I started to talk to people more about it and teach more and do more lectures and speeches and things like that. And my career as a spiritual manifestation coach just evolved. And now I'm a best-selling author. I have two books that have been published by Zeitgeist by Penguin Random House. And it's just been incredible. The, The journey has been super incredible. And I'm so blessed to be able to touch so many lives and really influence so many people. That's incredible too, because I think that nowadays we're developing new language. I think ever since The Secret and The Law, of attraction, all of a sudden people are saying, oh, manifesting, I'm attracting this. People are understanding and recognizing energy. And it's kind of like, oh, how did we never know about this? How was this a secret? (laughs) It's when ancient cultures have known about this all along. It's almost like the Western society was just waking up to it and understanding the greater realm of the quantum field and calling things into you and how that happens because so many people were living lives and being like, why is this happening to me? And why do I keep going and repeating the same circular kinds of behaviors? And they couldn't really figure out why that was happening. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, the light goes off and people are really understanding, wow, there is more to this. There might be something to it. And you start playing with it and you realize, wow, this is really powerful. It's actually true. You change your mindset about things and then lo and behold, your life is built upon the path that you create with not as much effort as we were doing before, because everything before was really like, make it happen, push, push, rather than letting it just flow, rather than just letting it be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So tell us if you can, it's like trying to put the universe into a drop of water, right? But the idea and the concept of energy. And so for those of you who are new to the idea and this concept, again, we welcome everyone at whatever stage you are in understanding this. You And even for me and for Lata, it's like no matter how many years that you have been learning this and practicing it, there's always something new to learn. There's always some new way of incorporating it into yourself. So Lata, perhaps from your background, from your wisdom, from your knowledge, you can explain how the idea of energy and embracing and manifesting through energy works. Sure. My belief is that we're all connected and there's an energy that flows between everything. It's a life force. So some people might call it the vortex, energy work. I've heard it called stardust even. And it's basically like this substance, this energy that we can tap into to form any other substance. If you think of it like a stem cell, you know how a stem cell can then form any part of your body Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter. It's the same thing, but it can form any part of your body. It's the same thing. The stardust can then form anything in your life. And that's what manifesting is. But it involves you, right? You are the generator of this and it involves your thoughts your beliefs your emotions your visualizations 
and essentially your actions, which is a big part of manifesting as well. Mm, there's a lot of different ways to skin a cat. There's a lot of different ways to get to this. You can go by saying, okay, I'm going to develop a plan and then I'm going to do these steps in order to get there and I have a goal. And so that is one way of using the mindset to achieve a manifestation. And it becomes very physical. That is one kind of energy. When we here on earth as humans are in this dense form, a physical manifestation of energy so that we can see it, hear it, smell it, taste it, touch it. That is one way of making things happen, of manifesting things. But there is another way, which is when you start from a place of knowing that it's already happening, that it's already so, that it's done. Whatever you're wanting, it's like, yeah, that's already happening. Then that is a way of, it's not even a biohack, it's a quantum hack, right? Of getting what you want. I love the way that you're sharing that because I often say like, don't hope for things, right? Hope is like wishing, but hope is like a waffle. It's kind of like, I hope it happened, Mm -hmm. right? But when you have faith, it's like a declaration that it's happening. Mm -hmm. It's ready, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the energy that you want to be in for manifesting. You want to be in faith rather than hope. You want to be in knowing that it's yours rather than just like wishing or having that desire. And so whether your faith is grounded in God or Jesus or Allah or Buddha or whatever it is, it's the same thing because we have faith and we know down to our core that whatever it is that we need, we are going to be taken care of. Whatever it is that we ask for, it's going to be taken care of. Ask and you shall receive. It's in the Bible. It's in probably every ancient script. And it's a different interpretation of the same thing. It's of the knowing, that confidence and that belief down to our soul, down to our core and every amount of fiber. But it takes practice. Sometimes we do. We have this shadow of disbelief. We're not vibrating in the correct way. We're going to turn now to talking about chakras. It's such a powerful tool for investing oneself to know if there is a little bit of that waffling along the various parts of your being. So Lata, I know that you are so skilled and you are so well-versed in the chakra system. It's your culture. (laughs) And so if you would please let our listeners know what is the chakra system? How do each of the chakras help us understand ourselves and what we can do to get into better alignment? Sure. So essentially, it's energy bodies in your body. And there's 114 of them. But the main ones that we talk about often are the seven that are centrally located. So each center is like a wheel. And that's why it's called chakra. The chakras comes from the Sanskrit word of chakram, which is a wheel or to turn. Mm. This is an energy center that has energy that is turning in it, almost like a turbine center. So Mm. all the energy flows into it and it's turning. So in the chakra system, it's not so that it's blocked or unblocked, but it's more so that it's balanced or imbalanced. So you might have one chakra, like your heart chakra, it's called the anahata chakra, that is imbalanced, right? And that can lead to issues in your ability and compassion to others and yourself, your loving energy, things like that. And when we really bring focus back into that energy system, when we are starting to align our body in a more central and core rooted way, then our chakras are more in balance. When we have a meditation practice, when we're focused on our spiritual energy, when we're focused on our physical needs, when we're nourishing our body fully and completely, then our chakra system is in alignment. And that is the difference mm-hmm. between being in alignment or being out of alignment, being balanced or being unbalanced, being blocked or unblocked. 
I had no idea that there were 114 chakras and that we're only focusing on the main seven. That's pretty wild. Can you start from the root and let's work our way up and explain the root chakra and how we might know if it's imbalanced or quote unquote blocked? Sure. The root chakra is located at the base of the spine. And this is the Mulandara chakra, the chakra that's represented by the color red. A lot of times we will see an imbalance here if we have issues with feeling safe, right? It's our root. It's how we feel the most structural and safe and structured mm -hmm. in our core balance our base of who we are right moving up is our sacral chakra and that's located basically just below the navel slightly below the navel and that is the swadhisthana chakra which is the base of creativity if you think of the area that it's in it's where our sex organs are where we're literally creating life mm -hmm. all of that is in that space and that is represented often by the color orange Further up is in our solar plexus, our solar plexus chakra, or the Manipura chakra. This is represented by the color yellow, and often that's the space of confidence. Think you have a gut feeling, not sure about it, or your stomach turns when something happens. That's really where that instinct comes from in that chakra. Further up with our heart is our Anahata chakra, and that's associated with the color green. And this is the space of compassion, love for others, love for ourselves. All of that kind of comes here. The Anahata chakra is very special because if you notice, it's the middle of the bottom three and the top three. So it's the connection of our earthly being with our spiritual self. And the top three more so represent our spiritual self. The bottom three represent our physical or earthly self. Mm -hmm. Holding further up into our throat chakra, represented by the color blue, Vishuddha chakra. This is all about the way that we express ourselves. This is when we are speaking and we feel like we can't fully express ourselves when we stutter in our speech, when we're having issues in our mouth, if we're having teeth issues or mouth sores and things like that, it can sometimes be associated with this chakra. Further up is our third eye chakra. And this chakra is all about our seeing. Your third eye will say, I'm awakened. I have a third eye opening. This is that space. Then at the top, we have our crown chakra. And this is our connection to our higher source, our higher power. This is where we get information and we give information. And it's often represented by the color white. So it's like the topmost, holiest chakra of the mouth. I love how the chakra colors are aligned with the colors of the rainbow. You are mm. a prism. We are light. We are made of light. We are emitting light. And so it's a very easy way for people to remember what the chakras are and what the colors are and the association from bottom up. So starting from the root, and we were talking about this idea of the root chakra being about safety, security, your foundation. Sometimes people, when they feel unsafe, feel ungrounded. And so you will often hear when you're like, oh, a lot of times with hurricanes and a lot of like these forces of nature, climate change, there's a lot of things these days that make people fear and feel unsafe. And so what can we do to get that sense of safety back? There are a lot of things and Lata, I wanted to ask you, what are some of the things that you would ascribe to people who are feeling an imbalance in the root? Well, first off, just to do the practical things of creating safety, right? If you're around an unsafe person, get away from them. If you feel unsafe in, in some manner, like change your situation, change your environment. And then when we come to the more spiritual side of things, it's doing grounding work. Grounding work can look like spending time in nature, going for a hike, putting your bare feet on the ground and absorbing the energy of the earth and allowing the earth to absorb your energy. It's almost as if the earth is pulling away your sorrows. That's what I like to kind of imagine it as and giving you energy and love into you. You can do yoga asanas when you're doing yoga. That's a form of grounding work. 
there you can light incense and have prayer and really returning to yourself is a form of grounding on its own. Mm -hmm. I have spent more time these days barefoot going outside, sticking my toes in the grass, just breathing in and meditating outside in (laughs) nature because it makes me feel so grounded and so secure. I will often re-recite these mantras that are, you're safe, everything is okay, everything is always going to work out, everything is always working out for me. And so that is one of the things that I like to do even just start my day is to ground and especially with nature it's the best way to do it for me and eating root vegetables so I understand potatoes and carrots and things like that are very helpful for grounding or for helping to balance the root chakra okay let's talk about the sacral chakra this one's an exciting one so when people feel a blockage quote-unquote a blockage or feel an imbalance here in creativity in being able to generate new ideas or frankly of birth something new what are some of the things that people can do to help get back in balance with their sacral chakra. To encourage your creativity is to really just to do things that bring you joy. And that might be in the creative sense of dancing. It might be in the creative sense of drawing or painting. I think a lot of times, especially in modern society, even in public schools, if you see the first thing when there's a budget issue that is cut out is the creative arts. Yeah. You know, it's music, it's art, it's dancing, it's things like that. It's so necessary to our life. And when we're in that flow of creativity, so much else comes with us. I'm a mom of three kids now. And I notice like, before your child can actually speak, they sing, right? Before your child can write letters and words and sentences, they're drawing. It's all that form of creativity is our root, is our base, it's what's needed for us to then build upon anything else. So when we're not honoring that space, it's almost as if we're not honoring anything else that comes after it. It's true. And when society starts to stymie creativity and tell us, okay, you need to go along these orders, you need to follow along this script, that is unto itself stymieing creativity and causing us to feel more closed in. That curiosity, Mm -hmm. those ways of expanding and exploring, reading books, writing, the arts, the dance, the music, all of those things can be very liberating and can also help to get your creative juices flowing. And certainly Mm -hmm. surrounding yourself, I hear even color therapy, the color orange or eating orange foods, things like that can also be of help when you are feeling a bit of a blockage in your creativity there. I was going to say, when we're talking about the checklist system, absolutely. So something that helps with every single one is eating foods that are associated with that color, right? And I want to say this is the most natural food that's associated with the color. It's not orange Gatorade kind of thing. It's it's (laughs) literally eating an actual orange. It's eating carrots and really like nourishing yourself with those natural vegetables and fruits and things like that. The other thing is that with the checklist to really bring your whole system in balance, the one thing that works overall is going to be meditation. Mm -hmm. So meditation can help you to realign yourself in all of your chakras and all of your energy centers can be realigned through meditation. And this is mean meditating once and saying, ah, I'm good and I'm aligned. But it's really creating a daily practice of meditation in which you're bringing yourself back to center again and again and again, because throughout day, we're constantly pulled away from our center. We're getting engulfed into chaos. We're getting caught up in drama. We get Mm -hmm. triggered and we have these projections and all this stuff. 
that happens. And when we meditate, we come back to ourselves and we remember ourselves and we are able to then realign. Yeah. And for so many of you who have contacted me and were like, I can't meditate. I don't know how. I just can't get my mind quiet. There are a million and one ways to meditate. It doesn't mean that you have to go into a dark room and sit in the lotus position and put your fingers together and chant Om. That's not only the way to meditate. There are many ways. A lot of people do walking meditations. I find driving highly meditative. And I've heard from so many people that there are so many ideas that come when you are just driving because your mind is getting into a meditative trance-like state. Doing things like drumming. I took up djembe drumming. When you do drumming for a couple of minutes, just the sound of that beautiful beat can get you into a meditative state. So don't be put off by the idea of meditation. There are so many cool creative ways that will be right for you in order to be able to incorporate it into your life in a way that's joyous for you. Okay, so the next one, we're at the solar plexus now okay the solar plexus is a big one <laughs> yeah people too you know the solar plexus is like the root of confidence so when we're feeling unconfident when we're feeling scared about doing something or speaking up for ourselves things like that is located really here in our almost like above our gut and in this space to really like increase your confidence is to step out in confidence right obviously it's always to, to really like engage with what is lacking also, some things, some crystals that can support you in this space would be the yellow colored crystals. So citrine is really nice. Mm -hmm. There's bumblebee jasper. Different crystals like that can really help you and support you. But again, the main thing is being in that space of meditation because you have confidence when you feel centered, right? When you feel like you are good, when you're strong, when you have a, a stable foundation, you have this sense of confidence. It's only when you feel like, what's going to happen? I don't know what's going to happen next. I feel displaced. I feel off-center. Then you're like, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to sit back. I'm going to be the sheep, not the lion. And mm -hmm. it's, it's always your choice to to choose where you feel most comfortable at. Yeah, I have spent more time trying to rebalance my solar plexus <laughs> than probably any other chakra that I have. And the reason why, and the reason why I started the human beauty movement is because being in the beauty industry for 25 years and being one of those people that was highly susceptible to what culture told you that you should look like what you should be like and looking like me looking like an asian american who was adopted into a white family into white culture Lata, i'm sure that you probably had your share of this growing up as well and so it's no surprise that our confidence as women and what society is telling us women should be and should act like and should do and even our own cultures and when you feel like you don't want to be a doctor when you've just you know, you've tried but it's not for you but we tend as women to people please we tend to give away our power we tend to because of thousands and thousands and thousands of years of being submissive of being <laughs> the one that was two steps behind men culturally we have adopted this place where we don't necessarily have balanced solar plexuses that are suitable for modern culture today. And so what is happening a lot of times is we will put on the clothes, we will put on the makeup, we will put on the hairstyles, we will put on the badges, the labels, all of these things in order to compensate. It's outwardly compensating for an inner feeling of a lack of confidence. And yeah, certainly putting on a, a bright 
bright red lipstick can make us feel more confident. It's almost like that neuroplasticity of you see, you become. And so there is that involvement, but underlying it all is the work that can be done to be like, you know what? I'm okay with myself. Even if I don't wear that red lipstick, I'm okay with myself. Even despite what somebody might say to me, I'm okay with myself. And I'm going to not necessarily take other people's opinions to heart so much. That is the work. That is the human beauty movement. And so we do a lot of focusing on the yellow, on the citrine, on really helping every human being, not just women, but certainly for those of you who are my buddies in the LGBTQIA community, for those of you who have been marginalized, for those of you who have just been othered in some way, this is your opportunity to be part of something, a community that is supportive and understands that we all can do so much work upon ourselves in order to make ourselves feel okay. And when we feel okay, then we can shine our light so much more brightly to others and let them know that they're okay. And it just ripples out from there. So thank you, Lata, for helping to share that in terms of the solar plexus chakra. I was going to say, I love that you're sharing this because like what you're essentially saying is talking about shadow work, right? Mm-hmm. And I always felt like shadow work mainly has to do a lot with the heart, mm-hmm. the solar plexus and the throat. If you think about it, it's how we speak, how we love and how we feel confident. Mm-hmm. And it's just like so beautiful. I love the way that you just said that. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. What's so interesting because after I had read The Secret and I've probably listened to thousands of Abraham Hicks talks like the podcast I just consumed it and so I was like you know what there's no such thing as shadow work there's no such thing as like I just want to be all about positivity and light and ignored that part because I didn't feel like it needed to necessarily be told or brought up to the surface but I have since discovered the importance of doing it because it'll still be there it's not something that you should ignore about yourself it's part of you so do the somatic work to let it emerge and then release it it's important to do shadow work yeah okay let's talk about the heart (laughs) everyone's favorite right so our heart is associated with like i was saying with the connection of our spiritual self and our earthly self when we have imbalances in our heart space it might show up as our inability to love ourselves right how many times have we looked in the mirror and said you suck (laughs) or something that to ourselves or like or worse you know, we're, we're, the, we're the worst critics sometimes and beat ourselves up. This chapter is all about loving yourself and bringing self-compassion in. Because mm-hmm. only when we truly love ourselves and we know what we deserve, are we able to attract that in any other mate, in any other relationship, in any situation outside of us when we understand it inside of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is the green chakra. This green. is a very special chakra. A lot of people say, this is my favorite chakra. I wear jade and... <laughs> do all the crystal work to open up my heart space. So how will somebody know if their heart chakra is off balance? It could show up in your life as constantly degrading yourself. Mm -hmm. It could show up in your life as you putting up with situations in which other people are degrading you, Mm -hmm. right? It can show up in situations in which your love life just seems never really work or get together. Those are the big ones I think that people can identify in their life. When we're having issues with compassion, with love, with nurturing ourselves, that's where the imbalances are. Mm, I know that a lot of people have relationship issues. They are just having a difficult time with their loved ones, or it could be their spouses, it could be their families, it could be a sibling, it could be even, frankly, colleagues at work. It's relationships. And opening up the heart is 
vulnerable. And a lot of people were taught, you got to armor up, you got to protect your heart. And so it turns us into these cold beings. It turns us into these people that don't necessarily have as much heart as we like to project. Like, oh, I give to charity or I volunteer. And that's not the same thing as necessarily being there and actively listening and being there for somebody and, and doing the work to be filled with compassion. Interesting. Okay, now we're moving up into the spiritual side. We move up to the throat. Yeah, so the throat chakra is represented by the the color blue so that could be crystals like lapis lazuli it could be one of my favorite ones is blue kyanite which has a deep connection to your spiritual soul so with the throat chakra it's all about really expressing yourself and being able to fully feel self-expressed so sometimes like we were saying with the shadow work when we're doing our shadow work and we're truly understanding what is holding us back we're then better able to be fully self-expressed. Now, also with the throat chakra, some of the items that you can ingest for this, right, is going to be blue foods. Now, there's not a lot of blue foods like blueberries and things like that. Mm -hmm. But one of the main things is also to like have nourishing liquid. So mm -hmm. warm herbal non-caffeinated teas, honey, and mm -hmm. coconut water are really mm -hmm. excellent for supporting your throat chakra. Oftentimes, actually, I have a lot of issues with my throat chakra and it shows up as difficulty speaking. Sometimes I'll just be, not be able to speak. I'm like, this is my job. You know, I talk all day mm -hmm. and having this almost like something is holding me back from being able to speak. I've dealt with issues with asthma. I've had uh, stuff where the thyroid can show up. It's like anything that's really located in your neck, you can have swollen lymph nodes that come up. All of these things can indicate an imbalance in your throat chakra. Mm -hmm. And this is a, an important one because even if you feel that you don't have the ability to speak, it's also in, in writing. You have the ability to articulate or to be understood. Like are people getting what you mean clearly? Are you really clarifying yourself? And so it may not just be vocalizing. It could be, are you feeling like you're being misunderstood? That could also be a representation of somewhat of an imbalance there in the throat chakra. Excellent. Oh. Excellent. Let's move on. Yes. So next up is going to be third eye. So the third eye chakra is really connected to how your intuitive abilities, how you are connecting with things that are other than just what we physically see in the world, mm -hmm. right? These two are actually the top two, the third eye chakra and the crown chakra are, are mainly based in the space of meditation. Mm -hmm. So the meditation is very powerful for these. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I think connects us best with our intuitive abilities, one of the crystals is actually a pop light. And it's one of my favorite crystals. Mm -hmm. It's like a light white color crystal that has like usually a lot of like uh, formations together like a cluster mm -hmm. it's a beautiful crystal and that's always very supportive in our third eye opening and our ability to see maybe a little bit beyond of what's here in our physical our ability to really like connect with one another and have this deeper understanding that comes from this chakra and a lot of people will be like, oh, crystals don't work. What? Yeah, they're pretty and all, but what the heck is it about crystals that you know, are really so powerful? Would you be able to explain? Sure. I'll tell you how I understand it, right? So you're probably watching this on a iPhone or maybe on a computer screen or maybe on your television. I don't know where you're going to be seeking this, but you're using crystals right now. <laughs> There's crystals in your, in your TV screen, right? There's medical treatments that involve crystals and you might not even understand it as that. I have dealt with an autoimmune disease in the past and I'm constantly in the space of healing from it. And one of the treatments is actually passing blood through a specialized tube that is made of, of quartz crystal. And when the, the medical technician was explaining 
explained it to me, I was like, wait, what? I didn't even understand that this was part of it. You know, crystals are ingrained in our society in so many different ways, but it's just like when we see it as a rock or as a gem, we devalue it. Mm -hmm. But a crystal is formed from thousands of years of growth and its crystalline structure is actually very, very stable. So it carries energy. Just as I was saying, we all have a different energy. We can tap into different energies. We all come from a source energy. Crystals have some of the most stable energy. And as we were saying earlier too about world religions, they're mentioned in all world religions. They're mentioned in the Bible. They're mentioned in the Bhagavad Gita. They're mentioned so many different places at the value of crystals. And it's not just the aesthetic value. Sometimes people might think like, oh, I'm drawn to amethyst because it's a beautiful purple color. And it's like, yes, you might like it aesthetically, but there's a deeper connection for you there. You might be drawn to it because you're feeling the need for support in your manifestation, right? Mm -hmm. You might be drawn to hematite. You're like, oh, I love it. It's so shiny metallic, but it's like, oh, maybe you need an aspect of protection in your life, right? Mm -hmm. There's properties that are carried by each crystal. And sometimes we're drawn to them for whatever reason that we're drawn to them. Yeah, yeah. My parents had a business in electronics a long time ago. This is way before I knew about crystals or anything. But the business in electronics was crystals and clock oscillators. And I had always seen like on my watch, it would say crystal quartz. And I'd be like, oh, okay, whatever. And I totally discounted the fact that these are timing devices because they are frequencies and they oscillate. And yes, you're exactly right. They actually keep time, they keep pace because they vacillate and they vibrate at a certain resonance. And so that is what we call the magic of crystals. And so yeah, charging them out in the sunlight helps them to increase their ability to radiate those frequencies to you. I've definitely done Reiki healing where I had rose quartz put on my heart and I had amethyst put on my crown and different types of crystals can help to also rebalance and get your chakras aligned. It is in your belief system. The more that you believe something to be true, the more that it will be true for you. And so people who really call on the metaphysical aspects of crystal healing, there is power there. Okay, now we're on to the crown. To the crown. It's the topmost, the highest chakra of all, and it's our connection to our greater powers, our higher powers, right? So this one is mainly meditation. There's not really foods that you can consume that's going to help you to bring balance into this this, the main thing to rebalance your crown chakra is meditation. And like I said previously, it's not meditating once and feeling like, hey, yeah. my crown's good. <laughs> it's having that consistent practice. Explain meditation as if you're driving down a muddy road and you're in the car and there's mud that kind of comes onto the windshield and you have the wiper that comes up and the windshield wiper cleans off your view so you can mm -hmm. actually see where you're headed. And you are the vessel. You are the car. Mm -hmm. The mud is society constantly coming and putting stuff on you. And the wiper is the meditation. Mm -hmm. It wipes it away so that that you can then have the vision of your path forward and that you can kind of like take the next step and move forward and understand that and it allows you this like connection to source that's the crown track is all about your divinity your connection to source and your higher power and that's what happens through meditation it kind of clears the path for those divine downloads to come in and for you to just have this intuitive knowledge and movement forward in your life yeah i think that that is such a beautiful analogy and when your crown chakra is blocked you can start thinking too much about what is happening around you and you know what's going on in the world and really forgetting forgetting yourself forgetting how powerful 
powerful you are, forgetting how you are connected to everybody else and all that is around you. And so whether you call it source or God or Allah or Krishna or your higher self, your inner self, those are really different ways of interpreting your spirituality and your connectedness to everything that is around you. And I'd like to take a moment to really go back because there is this idea that the heart being the center of it all and being the connection between everything that is physical, everything that is below, those those chakras which are below, the three below, as well as the chakras which are more spiritual, the three above. There is that phrase that we've heard as above, so below. And it's interesting how the three chakras, just like it was a pool, like a reflection, think about a mirror or think about if you're looking into water and you see yourself, you see the reflection of the upper chakras and the lower chakras really serving to integrate and align with each other. So what happens with our root chakra if we're feeling insecure, like something is going to happen? It could be health, it could be the world, it could be where we're living and we, we start fearing don't we start praying more? Don't we start looking more towards our connection to the divine for answers and solutions? We might be like, oh God, please help me get over this, this health condition. God, please help me get over this situation where I might be losing my house. Like th Those are the things where we can see the integration and the orientation of as above, so below. The same thing can happen with our sacral chakra. And so this being the center of creativity, a lot of people who are seen as being great creators or having a lot of creativity are looked to for having great vision. And so that is like the third eye, like as I see this imagination, I can tap into what is not yet manifested or not yet in the physical and I can make it into a reality. So you can see how those two chakras really have interplay with each other. And then there is that solar plexus, that seat of power, that seat of self-confidence. Don't leaders who have great self-confidence and seemingly great power have a great way of articulating and of speaking? If we think about, about the great orators, about people like the Obamas or like the Theodore Roosevelt's or, or any great leader has an ability to articulate what the power is and they're saying like oh yeah they've got a really great stance they've really got themselves in this great sense and then the heart the heart is the connection of it all as above so below so remember those in terms of your chakras how they manifest from the spiritual side into the physical and vice versa so beautiful yeah, I love how you made that connection and how you're explaining that. It's so true. It is so above this, this below as well. Excellent, excellent. Well, Latha, I would love for everybody to know how they can reach you. You are a spiritual manifestation coach. You help people to really embrace their energy and harness it in order to get back into balance, to shift their perceptions, to live happier lives. And so I want people to be able to know how they can get in touch with you. Yeah, thanks. You can find me on my website. It's www.lathaj.com. That's L-A-T-H-A-J-A-Y.com. 
gmail.com. You can also find me on TikTok. My handle is Lutha underscore J. On Instagram as well, it's Lutha underscore J underscore. And the J is J-A-Y, which is my last name. And I would love to connect with you guys. So if you want to reach out, feel free to do so. I also run an incredible group coaching program that has helped to transform so many people's lives. If you're interested in that, let me know. It's called the Journey Group Coaching Program. Oh, that sounds incredible. Lata, I want to thank you so much for your work, for being a beautiful human, and for connecting with all of the beautiful humans who are listening to the show. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for having me on the show. It's been really great talking with you and connecting. Thank you for listening to the Human Beauty Movement podcast. Be sure to follow, rate, and review us wherever you stream podcasts. The Human Beauty Movement is a community-based platform that cultivates the beauty of humankind. Check out our workshops, find us on social media, and share our inspiration with all the beautiful humans in your life. Learn more at thehumanbeautymovement.com. Thank you so much for being a beautiful human.